Praise the Lord, everybody. We give honor to the true and the living God. We would like to start our um, Wednesday, Wednesday Bible study with our opening prayer. We're going to have a Holy Ghost good time to, uh, on this Wednesday. Heavenly Father, this is the day that you have made. We shall rejoice and be glad in it. We thank you, O oh God, for your ever-loving kindness, for your goodness, your grace, and your mercy. We thank you, O oh God, for you are indeed the true and the living God. You have all power and authority in your hand, O oh God. We ask, O oh God, that you look over this Wednesday Bible study, God. We invite and invoke the Holy Spirit to rest, rule, and abide with us. We ask, O oh God, that you give us the ear to hear what the Spirit of you have to say to us on tonight. We ask, O oh God, that you regulate our minds, our thought patterns, O oh God. Let us absorb your word, God. Let us receive what thus said the Lord, O oh God. We ask, O oh God, as we continue to serve you in spirit and in truth, O oh God, that you continue to lead and guide us in all truth and all righteousness, O oh Lord. We ask, O oh God, that you help us to be faithful and humble servants, O oh God, knowing that you are the author and the finisher of our faith, O oh God. We ask, O oh God, that you look over your people tonight. We ask, O oh God, that you release a blessing among us, O oh God. Open up the wonders of heaven and pour us out a blessing that we have not room enough to receive, O oh God. We ask, O oh God, that we stay divinely united, God, on, on one accord, O oh God. Let there be unity and harmony among the body of Christ, we're so grateful to you for Word of Life Ministry. We ask, oh God, that you continue to bless Word of Life Ministry, bless the members, the visitors, and our friends, oh God. And God, just continue to be with us even to the end of time, just as your word promised, oh Lord. We ask, oh God, for a special blessing for those that have been suffering with some type of sickness, oh God. Even our speaker tonight, God, we're just so grateful. We're shouting hallelujah, glory to God for, for having her uh, with us on this, on this day, Lord, and not only with us but ready to re- deliver the word of God. And, oh, God, we ask that you bless her, Elder Lorraine Hopkins, God. Let her deliver with power, with might, and with demonstration of the Holy Spirit. We thank you for all the ministers, the evangelists, the deacons, uh, all of the auxiliaries, oh God, that you have assigned to Word of Life Ministry. We ask for a special blessing for our senior pastor, oh God. Hallelujah. We ask, oh God, that you continue to give him insight and wisdom, oh Lord, so that he can lead us in the way that you, oh Lord, will have us to go. We'll forever give your name glory. We'll give you honor. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Um, we're going <laughs> to... This is the day that the Lord has made, and we will rejoice and be glad in it. We thank God for just another opportunity uh, to be in his presence, uh, to be here in unity, uh, in harmony. We thank God Almighty for our senior pastor, Elder Dr. Shelley D. Shackett. We thank God for all the elders of the gospel, Elder Lorraine Hopkins, Elder uh, Janice Brown, Elder, um, Elder Bernice Owens, Elder Shamini Bacar Chris, Elder Respert, Earl Respert, uh, for the ministers of the gospel, Minister Shidu Zubane, uh, Minister uh, Denise Glanson, 
Minister Tammy Smith. We thank God for Evangelist Wanda Sumlin. We thank God for our deacons, Deacon Charles Chris, Deacon Willie Brown, uh, Deacon-elect Eric Spears, Deacon uh, Tommy, uh, Deacon Tommy, amen, amen. And all of the auxiliaries, our usher ministry with Sister Michelle Zubinay, and uh, even with Sister Sonny, we thank God for her. We thank God for the uh, our videographer, Brother Maurice Johnson. We thank God Almighty for the musicians, Brother uh, Sidney Harnett and uh, Sister Lakeisha Stigall, Reverend Moses. We send our special prayer for him. It's just good to be back in the house of the Lord one more time. Um, we're going to allow the Holy Spirit to move by his power. We know for the month of um, May uh, that we're in the area. Our subject for the month is proclaim. And we're coming from the book of Jeremiah, chapter 7, verse 2, which reads, Stand in the gate of the Lord's house, proclaim there this word, and say, Hear the word of the Lord, all ye of Judah, that enter in these gates to worship the Lord. We've already had one deposit uh, on last week. I did the introduction, and tonight we're so blessed that Elder Lorraine Hopkins is going to give us a word from the Lord tonight. We thank God. I didn't say for the youth, but our youth has been doing, our youth have been doing a phenomenal job. They come on the line on Wednesday, on Thursdays, even for the hour of prayer. So we thank you. Even Sister Christian was able to uh, facilitate on last Thursday and uh, for the, uh, the prayer hour. And she did a great, job, and it's so good to see God's word manifest that says to train up a child in the way in which they should go, and when they are old, they will not depart from it. So we are doing what thus said the Lord. We ask God to bless each and every one of our youth. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Well, we're not going to um, belabor the hour. We're going to... uh, prepare our hearts, our minds, our souls, our spirits to receive a word from on high. Uh, we're, again, just so grateful that Elder Hopkins has been restored in her health. Uh, she's, uh, we believe in God for total healing for her and for Cross and for all of those have been, that have been ailing. Um, we ask, oh God, just to continue to release his healing power, uh, just one touch from the hem of his garments, and we shall be made whole. Uh, so we're seeking God for wholeness in our service to him, even in our lives. So without further ado, ado if you will help me receive this woman of God, uh, let us hear what the Spirit of God has to say to the church. And we receive her with the hallelujah. We lift our hands. We give her a hand clap of praise. And we just thank God for his miraculous power and even having her on the, uh, in the midst of the service to deliver a word from on high. So we receive her in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Elder Lorraine Hopkins, I introduce the psalm and present to others in Jesus' name. Well, glory to God. 
Psalms 20 and 7 says, Some trust in chariots and some trust in horses, but as for me, I will trust in the name of the Lord, because as Proverbs 18 and 10 reads, the name of the Lord is a strong power. The righteous run to it, and they are safe. I just want to take a moment and honor God for being God, for being a God of truth, for being a God of healing, for being a faithful, a loving, and a merciful God. So I just honor God on tonight. I thank God for the ability to speak on tonight, not just the opportunity given by our pastors, but the ability to speak. Because last week I could not talk without coughing, without experiencing excruciating pain. So I thank God for allowing my son and I to take up our beds and walk. I thank each person who prayed for Brother Cross and I. I want to say thank you to Elder Brown and Sister Christian for covering the line while Cross and I were battling the coronavirus. I also want to um, continue to ask that you pray for my father as he's still um, sick and experiencing symptoms. But most of all, I want to thank my mother for sending her sister from Savannah with um with the medicine that we needed, um, and we thank God um, that she had a heart to think of us and to move heaven and earth to get what we needed to us. And now Cross and I are back to normal, and we are pleased to shout from the hills and give God the glory for negative test results received today. So we give glory to God because we know it is him who healed us, and it's nothing like feeling like you're going to die and knowing that you, the only thing you can hold on to is your faith and your hope. So I thank God that we pulled through. I want to say thank you to Elder Dr. Shelley D. Boone II and Elder Dr. Jackie Boone for this opportunity and for your thoughtfulness this past week. Um I don't want to prolong the hour because I could praise them all night. I just, today when we got the results, I just felt like shouting and I still got a stern in my spirit. So let's just get to work and I'm going to go ahead and get out the way. Um, amen. Um, so you don't need to turn with me in your Bibles. You can simply notate the scriptures that I'm going to give you um, to study at your leisure because I will be reading the ESV version on tonight. And I know this house is customary to using the King James Version. So um, I know sometimes when you're trying to read two different translations, it makes it hard to follow. But um, I will be reading the scriptures into your hearing. Um, so you do want to just take note of the different passages of scripture that I'll be sharing. So tonight I'm going to start by reading from Matthew Chapter 10, I will be beginning at the seventh verse and concluding at verse 14. Again, that is Matthew chapter 10, verses 7 through 14, for those of you that have taken notes. And again, this is the English Standard Version. And proclaim as you go, saying, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse lepers. Cast out demons. You received without pain. Give without pay. Acquire no gold or silver or copper for your belts. No bag for your journey or two turnips 
or sandals or a staff for the laborers deserves his food. And whatever town or village you enter, find out who is worthy in it and stay there until you depart. And as you enter the house, greet it. And if the house is worthy, let your peace come upon it. But if it is not worthy, let your peace return to you. And if anyone will not receive you or listen to your words, shake off the dust from your feet when you leave that house or town. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, as we begin today's Bible study, we give you thanks. But above all, Father, I give you praise. We thank you for your love because your love endures forever and it has never failed us. And although we failed you in many ways, Father, we are grateful. We are so grateful, God, for your grace and for your new mercies that you give us each and every morning. So, Father, I ask that you will forgive us our sins and our shortcomings. I ask that you will create in us a clean heart, Father, and renew a right spirit within us. Father, we ask that you reveal yourself to us through your word on tonight. As we open the Bible today and study together, we pray, Lord God, that we would just hear from you. We ask that your Holy Spirit would be at work in each of us, causing our ears to hear and our hearts to receive your word. Allow me to decrease, Father, and your spirit to increase in me. I am a willing vessel surrendered to your use. Use me for your glory and your glory alone. Transform us all into your likeness. And I pray this prayer in the matchless name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. I'm sorry. I've been waterworks off and on all day because I'm just, I'm thankful. I'm so thankful. Tonight I would like to use for a subject, proclaim indeed, not just in word. And I want to start tonight by beginning by dissecting verse 7 of Matthew chapter 10. And I'm going to teach tonight. Um, I think it's fitting for this occasion. Um, Verse 7 says, and proclaim as you go, saying the kingdom of God, I'm sorry, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. So I like to look at the definitions of the words and break things down. Y'all know how I like to do things when I'm teaching. So um, let's look at the definition, the Webster's definition of proclaim. So first of all, we identify with the fact that proclaim is a verb. Okay, and if we remember from school, we remember a noun is a person, place, a thing, and we remember, I remember the verb is an action word. So a verb requires us to do something. It requires us to take action. And so when we try to figure out, well, what action must we take, we have to understand the meaning of the word. And so we examine the um, definition of proclaim, which means to announce officially or publicly. Okay, so in order for us to understand the text properly, we need to go deeper in the definition and understanding the word. So if we were to replace the word proclaim with this definition, it would read like this in verse 7. It would say, and announce officially or publicly as you go, saying the kingdom of heaven is at hand. 
there was also a caveat that was added to the definition um, about how you are to announce officially or publicly. And so the way that you are supposed to do it is you are supposed to declare this thing officially or publicly. Um, you're, I'm sorry, you're supposed to declare something one considers important with due emphasis. So that tells me that us saying the kingdom of heaven is at hand is an issue of importance according to the Bible. And it's a, a, a topic that we need to put emphasis behind when we declare it. So the Bible has given us a, a command to publicly and officially declare with emphasis and importance that the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And so if we jump over to Mark 13 and 10, so for those of you taking notes, that's Mark chapter 13, verse 10, we see these words in the Bible, and it says, and the gospel must first be proclaimed to all nations. So again, if we were to replace proclaim, it says, and the gospel must first be officially and publicly, okay, declared to all nations. The kingdom of heaven is at hand, is the foundation of the gospel of Jesus Christ. We see it all throughout the New Testament. Repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. So it's a warning given to the people that we need to get our lives in order, get ourselves together, because the time will come or the time is coming that the kingdom of heaven is at hand. So we have to get this thing together now so that when our time comes, we've received the warning, we've taken the actions that we need to take so that we can be a part of the positive um, consequence or the positive end result. Um, that means that we have to accept salvation. That means, you know, we have repentance and salvation, accepting the gift of of salvation, and then working out our salvation until God's appointed time for our life, all right? So, again, it's a direct correlation between the gospel and that statement, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. So Jesus walked the earth proclaiming to the people at large and, you know, that repentance was needed because the kingdom of heaven is at hand. He emphasized the importance of repenting of sin. He emphasized the importance of accepting Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. He emphasized that salvation is a gift. He emphasized all these things in his time here on the earth so that we could partake in the, the blessing, that we could partake in the freedom, we could partake in the and serving as a sacrifice for our sins and our shortcomings so that we could be promised a place in the kingdom of God, in the kingdom of heaven, okay? So much like today, the world at that time was filled with the stiff-necked people, people who were reluctant to receive the gospel of Jesus Christ. They were people that were reluctant to change their lives and fall in line and obey God's word. They were reluctant to do that. They were hesitant even to share the gospel um, in fear of being rejected. They were in fear of being killed. They were in fear of being jailed. We 
see a prime example of that with Peter when Jesus told him, by the time the rooster crows, you will deny me three times. So when people were coming up to him and saying, hey, aren't you that guy that was rolling with Jesus? And he was like, no, I don't know him, you know. And then he heard the rooster crow and he fell into tears and he felt shame because in the beginning when Jesus told him that, he almost um, was arrogant enough to rebuke Jesus and be like, no, I would die for you. Like, I would never. How dare you say that to me, Jesus? I would die for you. I would never. Not me. That was his attitude. So when the rooster crowed, he had a moment of reflection and self-examination, and he fell into tears, and he felt shame because what God had, what Jesus had prophesied to him had come true, just as he said it. Three times he had denied him before the rooster crowed. So some people, they don't share the gospel because they're scared or they're nervous about how they'll be received. And some don't share the gospel because they've prejudged the situation and they've determined for themselves that the person in need of the word of God, the person that they should be sharing the gospel with, probably won't receive it because they live this way or they live that way. So they don't even make the effort. They don't even try. And taking those types of attitudes and taking those types of positions is just wrong. It's wrong. We are wrong when we don't share the gospel. We are wrong when we don't proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ. We are wrong when we make ourselves God and decide who's worthy to receive his word and who's not. It's just wrong. You see, what we have to realize as a people is when God puts it in your heart to share the gospel and publicly, we have to humble ourselves and obey. We got to obey no matter how uncomfortable or challenging it may be for us to speak the words that God gives us. God has already declared in Matthew 2 and 14, um, no, 20, Matthew 24 and 14, it says, and the gospel of the kingdom will be proclaimed throughout the whole world as a testimony to all the nations, and then the end will come. And then the end will come. And so what that means, if we really look at those key words in that scripture, that means that with or without our help, God is going to raise up somebody in this earth, in this world, that's willing to proclaim the gospel of the kingdom, that is willing to proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ. He is going to raise up people that are willing to die, people that are not afraid of the consequences of man, but the reward and the promises of him are willing to sacrifice whatever it takes to get the gospel out here to the people in need. So what's your point, Lorraine? I'm glad you asked. For some reason, it's easy for some of us to speak the word. For some of us, it is, you know, second nature. It's easy for us to just go out of here and talk to anybody and, you know, share the word with others. And some of us, it's challenging. Some of us, we have a hard time approaching people and and saying anything, let alone spreading the gospel, right? But there's something that goes a lot further than words that still allows us to proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ. And that's our actions. That's our actions one toward another, and that's our actions in how we live out the gospel in our lives.
Think about that for a second. My grandmother used to say, talk is cheap. She used to say, actions speak louder than words. A person can tell you they love you a hundred times, a hundred times. They can tell you they love you every time they see you. They can tell you they love you every time you look them in the face, but they can. You you see this in marriages. You, you see this in abusive marriages, and the husband says, I love my wife, but he beats her in front of her children, and he drags her by her hair, and he verbally tears her down with her mouth. That's not love. But he can say it a hundred times. I love you. I love you. I love you. I do this because I love you. I beat you because I love you. But in that lady's mind or that person's mind, that victim's mind, they know that that's not love, right? If they're in a healthy mind, if they're in a right mind, they know that that's not love. So the fact that you say I love you and your actions don't say I love you, we have a contradiction. And so how can I receive your words if your actions don't line up? Mm. Think about that for a moment. I'm trying to make it plain. I'm trying to make it simple so that we can just, like, absorb this and understand what the Holy Spirit is trying to get us to realize. Okay? So it works the same way with the Word of God. How can we proclaim the gospel? How can we go out and... and, and um be preachers or ministers or just just regular old disciples. We're all ministers. We're all called to be ministers. So how can we go out into the community and profess to be Christians and say, you know, I'm a Christian. I want to share with you the glory of Jesus Christ. And, you know, you may be in the middle of the conversation and the person may get nasty with you, but you don't respond with love. You respond with the same energy that they give you. You respond, they curse at you and, you know, you respond with the, um, instead of you responding with the amen and walking away, you respond with that same hatred or that same anger or that same energy that's not of Christ. But we want that person to receive us as a Christian. We want that person to receive our God. We want that person to receive our faith. But when they're looking at you and your response is no different from theirs. <laughs> True story. I watched a video on Facebook one day and this guy, he goes through Walmart doing pranks, and many of us are familiar with Pastor Willie Fagan. And um, Pastor Willie Fagan was caught on video with one of these pranks. And the guy walked up to him, and he was um, using profanity with him and talking crazy to him. And it was a prank. You know, these kids be doing, these people do stuff for YouTube and social media and stuff. And so he got caught in, in this prank. And I was like, when I finished watching the video, I was just like, to God be the glory, because the guy was talking crazy and using profanity, and it was just, you know, it, I, I know Pastor Fagan had to be caught off God, but his response was like, I think he said, amen, brother, or, you know, something like that, but it was a godly response. He didn't respond like some of the other people in the video who tried to fight the young man or who cursed him out and told him to go on with this and go on with that. He didn't do that. He just gave him like a godly response and looked at the young man and kept it moving. His actions still spoke Christ. He still proclaimed the gospel of Jesus Christ by not allowing his emotions to lead him, but rather the spirit of the true and the living God. See, we have to remember we established um, that to proclaim was to call, was a 
it was a call to action because proclaim is a verb. So we are called to action. We are called to do something. Um, yes, we are called to, to talk and to, you know, we can minister claim it with our mouths, but we're also called to take actions with our lives and our the way that we behave and carry ourselves in um in um excuse me, spreading the gospel. Many of us have fooled ourselves into believing that we're doing enough to advance the kingdom just by saying, you know, hey, God bless you. Jesus loves you, you know. You walk past, you have a blessed, you see somebody in the grocery store, you have a blessed day. They got a, They look like they've been crying, and you just say, God love you, and walk away. We've convinced ourselves that that's enough. Many of us have become complacent with just giving a word but not taking action on the word that we speak to our fellow man to show them the glory of God in our everyday lives. Verse 7 said, um, and proclaim as you go. Proclaim as you go, meaning as you go through your life, we are to officially and publicly proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ, but not just by speaking the words, but by demonstration and by our actions. We see in verse 8 where, I'm sorry, I'm trying to look at verse 8 again. So we see in verse 8 we are being given actions to take as further proclamation that the kingdom is at hand, okay? The verse instructs us, it says, heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the leper. Heal the sick. Well, I'm not a doctor. How can I heal the sick? I hear y'all. I hear y'all thoughts out there. I'm not a doctor. How am I supposed to heal the sick? People don't believe in the power like they used to. Believe that you can have some people. I'm not going to say all people. There's a lot of people that doubt that we can lay hands on people and heal the sick. And some people feel like you know the Bible says we have different gifts. Some of us have the gift of healing. If you have the gift of healing in your hand, if you don't have the faith to believe that you can do it through the power of the Holy Spirit, then no, you can't heal the sick. But the Bible is telling us to go out and heal the sick. He's telling us to go out and raise the dead. He's going out and telling us to cleanse the leper. But remember, these things were um, in question by the disciples. The disciples were like, well, why we couldn't cast out that demon? Why we couldn't heal the sick? Why we couldn't do this? Why we couldn't do that, Jesus? And Jesus was telling them it was because of their faith. They didn't believe they were capable. And some of us... um, when it comes in terms of raising the dead, I know that's like an impossible one for people to believe, right? I can't help nobody come back from the dead. When they dead, they dead. But it's a lot of dead people walking around every day because they don't know Jesus. So at the end of the day, when they die in this life, they want to die not just a physical death, but they're going to die a spiritual death and end up in a place where they Um, there's going to be gnashing of teeth, and you had the ability while you were here in their presence to help raise them from the dead. You had the ability to speak life into them and share the gospel with them and proclaim the gospel to them so that they could find life, the life that we're all running this race for, the eternal life um, of glory with God in heaven. We may not, in your mind, believe that you can 
raise somebody from the dead, I bet you have it in you to help bring somebody out of their dead situation into a place of light and life, the life and the light that only the word of God and that salvation can give. I bet each and every one of us has the ability to help someone with that. Matthew 25 says, when someone is hungry, feed them. When they are thirsty, give them drink. When they are naked, clothe them. When they are sick or in jail, visit them. This is how we proclaim the gospel officially and publicly, by going beyond lip service and actually providing services to others in love, by being there to support our fellow man in love. We're told to find out who is worthy and to, you know, to go and stay in their house and, you know, um, take your peace and leave your peace there. And, you know, then it also tells us that, you know, that people aren't, there's going to be some people that just do not receive us. There are going to be some people that don't want to receive your kindness. Um, there are going to be some people that don't want to receive the word of God. And that's okay. Knock the dust off your feet. Leave that house or that town. Yeah. And when you do that, keep playing. Just keep praying. We ought to proclaim officially and publicly the gospel in the workplace. We ought to proclaim it officially and publicly in our homes. Because your kids will tell on you now. I'm going to tell you, your kids will tell on you. <laughs> your kids will tell on you. <laughs> um, you know, you go to people's houses, you like that, they be like, oh, your mama's so nice, and this and that, and the kids be looking like, that lady mean, or that lady this, or that lady that, you know, <laughs> but, you know, you have to, even in your home, when you think, okay, I'm in the comfort of my home, I'm around my family, I'm around my kids, I'm around my loved ones, you, if you're, if they're not quite saved, and you are saved, you got to still be saved even in their presence because that's the only way that the gospel cries out to them to draw them in. See, you can't compromise. You can't conform. You can't let, you can't, you can, I'm not saying you won't have a moment, but when you, you know, we, we see that, we know that we all have moments as Christians, but when we have those moments, we got to be quick to reel ourselves back in and repent and then fix that situation because we are, we do have to proclaim the gospel. We got to proclaim it in our community. We got to proclaim it with our immediate family, our extended family. We have to do it as Christians. Proclaim it officially and publicly. The gospel is our duty each and every day. I say it again. And the greatest way to proclaim the gospel is in our actions toward each other. We must be careful. We got to be so careful not to become self-righteous or judgmental. We must ensure that we are not and a you know a place personally where we can see everything wrong in somebody else's life, but fail to lay lay ourselves on the table of self examination. We must stop pointing out the speck in our brother's eye or our sister's eye when there is clearly a plank in our own. Only when we remove the plank in our eye can we even um, take the time to address the speck in our brother's or our sister's eye. We have to address our shortcomings and our own sin. We got to have our, inner, you know, like it's our, in our interactions to, um, excuse me, we have to address our own shortcomings and our own sin, okay? And 
once we address our own stuff and we acknowledge our own stuff, when we have an interaction with our brother or our sister to talk about what may be going on with them, we're not going to do it in a way in a way that are really showing them love, humility, and respect. We're going to extend, extend them grace. We're going to extend them mercy. We're going to show them support and a means of help rather than a means of judgment. And I want to share one final passage of Scripture with you, and then I'm going to come to a close. Um, we're going to go through um, James chapter 19 to 27. I'm going to kind of couple verses and then give a little bit and just um, as I close. So uh, James 19 and 20 says, Know this, beloved brothers, let every person be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger, for the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. We ought to be less anxious to respond and more anxious to listen to the hearts and the thoughts of other people. We got to learn not to be controlled by our emotions but instead put ourselves in other people's shoes or to avoid anger so that we can communicate in a healthy manner. I often say to my kids, make sure that you are listening to understand rather than to respond, because if you're listening to respond, you've already resolved the issue in your mind. You already put your opinion up there. You typically, in those situations, you're cutting the other person off and you're not being intentional in hearing their heart and what they have to say to you. So we got to be careful when we're dealing with others, that we are so, um, we do what the word says and we be slow to speak and quick to hear what somebody else has to say. Um, verse 21 says, therefore put away all filthiness and and receive with meekness the implanted word able to save our souls. We're going to be confronted with challenges. We're going to be confronted with adversity. We may even get angry. But like the word says, be angry and sin not. Operating an emotion often causes us to fall into sin. Because sometimes we let that emotion take over and get the best of us. But when we seek the word in moments of concern, we can find answers to our questions. We can um, get the word will help us to find peace and It'll give us the ability to respond with the meekness of Christ. So in adversity and challenges, you know, they say take it to Jesus. The old folks say take it to the Lord. you got to take it to the Lord. Even if you got to take a second, take a step back, take it to the Lord. And then 22, 23, and 24 says, but be doers of the word. Be doers of the word, not hearers only. The Anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer. He is like a man who looks intently at his natural face in a mirror and goes away and at once forgets what he was like. Many of us have been convinced that quoting scriptures to a friend or a family member is enough. And if God says that's all you're supposed to do, then yeah, that's all you need to do. But I do know that God wants us to do more than just quote a word to a to um to people. God wants more from us. God wants us to live out the word. He wants us to love each other. He wants us to help each other. He wants us to care for one another. The Bible is clear that we are to bear one another's burdens. He wants us to help each other up, not push each other down, not put each other down, not keep each other down. We are not designed or created to destroy or hurt one another. We are here to be a light 
in this world. We are here to help others to find the same peace, the same joy, the same love that we have found in our relationship with Christ. Proclaiming the gospel means putting actions behind the very words that we speak, the very words that we believe in. Um, And the way that we do that is by obeying God's commandments. We're deceived when we believe that talking is enough. If God tells us to feed the hungry, if he tells us to clothe the naked, how can we be doing our part if the only thing we do is give a word here and there, right? It's time to stop talking about our father's business and really be about our father's business. I want to ask you a question. I really want you to reflect on this for a minute. What is your self-reflection, what does your self-reflection, your self-examination process look like? Are you like the man described, like the man who looks in the mirror and walks away and he immediately forgets the ugliness that he has done? Is that you? When you look in the mirror, who do you see? Who do you see who you really are? Do you ask God how you could have been better today so that you can do better tomorrow? In my process of self-examination, I don't literally look into a mirror, right, but I do so um, figuratively, right, by taking some time to meditate and to ask the Lord to reveal the best version of him. Notice what I said. I didn't say, Lord, reveal to me any situation that I was not the best version of me. No, I asked the Lord to reveal to me any situation where I was not the best version of him. And when I do that, I reflect and I listen for his voice. And whatever he reveals to my my spirit, I have to accept the conviction of it. If he tells me, you know, you were a little too harsh with your kids today or, you know, um, you could have uh, been more considerate towards your mother or you could have done this better towards your sister, I have to pray for forgiveness. And sometimes I got to pick up the phone. Sometimes I got to sit my children down and apologize and say, you know what, the way I spoke to you today, it was all wrong. That was not how God wanted me to deal with you, and I apologize, and this is how that conversation should have went. Sometimes it's hard to look at us, but in looking at us, we are proclaiming the gospel because we are making sure that we are projecting the to the that God has assigned us. So when you look in the mirror, don't walk away before you find Christ's image looking back at you. Um, Verse 25 says, but the one who looks into um, the perfect law, the law of liberty and preserves, being no hearer who forgets, but a doer who acts, he will be blessed. So scripture is clear. Those who act on God's word, they'll be blessed in the things that they do. And then 26 and 27, and these are the last two verses, is if anyone thinks he is religious and does not bridle his tongue but deceives um, his heart, this person's religion, uh, religion is worthless. Religion that is pure and undefiled before God, the Father, is this, to visit the orphans widows in, and widows in their affliction and to keep oneself unstained from the world. So looking at a few things. The first thing is not to be like the Pharisees walking around holier than thou and condemning the rest of the world when we all struggle with sin and have to work out our salvation daily. 
the Pharisees, they were so busy, so busy walking around condemning Jesus. They didn't even realize what was happening to them. The second is bridle your tongue. Remember, we already learned tonight that we should be slow to speak and quick to listen. And we have to realize that when um, when we're speaking and we're sharing this gospel, we have to do so in a way that when the words are coming out of our mouth, they're coming out of our mouth in a way that can be received, a way that is respectful, in a way that um, ex- that ex- um, pretty much pushes out God's love. I thought it was interesting that the Bible used the word bridle relating to the tongue because a bridle, if you don't know, um, it's a headpiece used on a horse to control them. It goes through the mouth, giving the driver control over the animal's head movement and their tongue. And so interestingly enough, it was also associated in its definition with anger and resentment, you know, being demonstrated through people throwing up their head, much like people do when they're like, you know, being sassy and arguing and stuff like that was the first thing they do. They start rolling their neck and running their mouth and pointing their finger. <laughs> so it says, so it says to bridle our tongue, right, which brings me back to the Pharisees. They were pointing um, their fingers at Jesus. They were condemning him. They were resenting Jesus for healing the sick on the Sabbath and calling out everything that he was doing wrong while they were high and mighty because they were the they don't that, but they were busy doing what they were doing that they never stopped to look in the mirror and recognize just that quickly all that good stuff they did. They had fallen into sin. They had fallen into sin. They thought they were religious and. You know, as we see in in the text, everyone who thinks he is religious and does not control their tongue deceives their heart and their religion is worthless. They use their tongue to condemn Jesus. They use their tongue to um, convince Judas to uh, betray Jesus. So we see all these different things come in the past in the scripture. And then the scripture tells us that pure religion, pure proclaiming of the gospel, purely Proclaiming the gospel requires that we visit the sick and the widows. It requires that we keep ourselves unstained from the ways of the world. And I'm coming to to a close. The Bible gives us permission to move from the people who who are basically a non-believer and they refuse to accept the gospel of Jesus. The word tells us to knock the dust from our feet, and once we knock to the that's from my feet out. Again, I recommend that we pray that God reach the heart of that unbeliever. However, it doesn't work that way for our brothers and our sisters in the faith. And this is something that, and I'm closing with this because this is important for us to remember because most of us on this line, we are saved. Some of us are wanting to be saved and some of us are trying to help people get saved. So this is important for us to recognize. When we proclaim the gospel, we got to Proclaim the gospel by forgiving each other. We got to proclaim the gospel by extending grace and mercy toward each other. We got to proclaim the gospel by serving the kingdom of God in harmony together. And the greatest commandment given to us um, in the Bible is to love the Lord God with all of our heart and our soul and our mind. And the second is to love our neighbor as ourselves. But there's also a scripture in the Bible that says, how can you Um, love a God that you cannot see, but not love your brother who you see every day. 
so often we as believers, we who all say that we serve the same God and we who say that we are of the same faith and of the, you know, the same house. And when I say the same house, I'm not saying the same church. I'm just saying that we are members of the body of Christ. We find ourselves in challenging situations where we have an art with our brother and we don't do what the scripture says and, and come to them that thing worked out. Instead, we allow those types of things to kind of manifest within the body of Christ and within the house of God. And if we want the unbeliever to come to Christ, if we want the unbeliever to trust and to believe in the God that we believe in, if we want the unbeliever to stand trusting every day and that we stand on, if we want them to recognize that our God is real, if we want them to recognize that our God is love, that he's capable of understanding their hurt and their pain and what we endure, if we want them to understand that our God is compassionate, that he's forgiven and he's merciful, we can proclaim the gospel beyond our speech by incorporating those very actions in the way that we interact with each other and with those that do not know him. If people see the members of the body of Christ divided, unable to fellowship in peace, unable to forgive one another, unable to bear each other's burdens, lying on each other, sowing discord, backbiting, there's no motivation to believe the gospel of Jesus Christ. There's no motivation for them to want to proclaim the things of God. This is why we have to be careful to proclaim the gospel through our visible actions because people are watching. People are more likely to buy into what they see than what they hear because, again, they can hear you say it all day long, but if you're not living or you're not practicing what you're preaching, people are not going to believe in the God that we serve. We're giving him a bad rap and we're making him look like something that he's not, and then people project those anger and that feeling on God, they don't give him a chance. They don't allow him into their heart. They don't allow him to work in them because the pe- they're looking to the people that are supposed to be committed to him and saying, well, if they're not right and their situation don't look no different than mine, then what am I getting involved in this for? We, you know, when we're feeding the homeless and we're sharing, the God, we're sharing God's love and his word, when we're visiting those that are prison and sharing a message of hope and blessing them with a little something at the same time, when we see a child with holes in their shoes and we donate a new or gently used picture to them and um, they say thank you and we give them a little word and say, you know, God, you need according to your riches, riches and glory. When we go into a nursing home and we sit down and read to an elderly person who hasn't had a visitor from a family member in six months or we drop off groceries to a family in need or we give a ride to a person who doesn't have a car, we are proclaiming the gospel in a way that people can receive that God's word is real because they are able to see Christ in your actions. They can feel God's love through you. They can see the word of God come alive through you. They can see Christ in you. So when you are proclaiming the gospel of Jesus Christ with your words, be sure your actions are aligned even more so. Your heart, your heart, your heart. Um, Matthew 6 and I think it's Matthew 6 and 3 says, but, you know, when we do a charitable deed, or I think if you do a charitable deed, don't let the left hand know what your right hand is doing, that the charitable deed may be done in secret, and your father who sees in secret um, rewards you openly or out loud. Um, We got to make sure that we don't do 
what we do in an effort to be seen by others because observers can see that too. If you drop off groceries or you send a person um, who needs money to pay a bill or food on their table, that's a great thing to do that thing. But don't do those things and announce it because God can see your heart's intentions. And when you pray, you know, um, don't uh, – when you pray for someone and somebody calls you or texts you and says, hey, I need prayer, you don't have to wait till Thursday or Sunday morning. You can pick up the phone while you have them on the line and just pray for them at that moment because God sees your intent. He knows that you are declaring or proclaiming the gospel in your actions. So do everything you can to proclaim the gospel officially and publicly with enthusiasm because it is of the greatest importance to um, people and mankind all over this world. But remember to proclaim the gospel with your deeds, not just your words. Although no amount of deeds can earn us a place in heaven, it does serve as a testimony and it does serve as a living demonstration to people here on the earth that our God is real. And scripture is fulfilled through those who are obedient to what he has already prophesied through his word. When we do the things that God instructs us to do, we see the the scripture come alive right here on earth. Let us pray. Father, thank you for this time um, to hear your word. I pray these words are written on our hearts and echo in our minds all the days of our life. Holy Spirit, I thank you for leading me in truth. Help us to walk the way Jesus walked. We thank you, Jesus, for dying for us. Teach us to proclaim the gospel, not just with our words, but our deeds in this life. Father, um, we ask, Lord God, that you would just help us to honor the sacrifice of your son, Jesus Christ, and that we may walk with him, Lord God, that we may walk in a way that people will want us, Lord God, to show them what we have found, that they will want us to tell them about your glorious gospel. And, Father, teach us how you would want us to apply your word in our lives each and every day. Show us where we need to specifically change so that we can look more like Jesus Christ each and every day. Help us to self-examine, to meditate, to pray, and to hear your voice, that we may stay in right standing with you and live as you would have us to live. In Jesus' name, I do pray. I thank you. Amen. Well, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. We thank God Almighty for that awesome message. Elder Hopkins delivered with, uh, we pray that the Lord will give you power, might, and demonstration of the Holy Spirit. And he did just that. Proclaim indeed, not just in word. We know James said be doers of the word, not just hearers of the word. Glory to God. We got so many great points. My my spirit has been stirred up. Glory to God. We're going to declare. We're going to take action. We're going to announce officially and publicly, oh, my God, what thus said the Lord. Uh, we thank God we've had such a wonderful time in the word tonight. And I would admonish the people of God to take hold to the world, to the word, uh, to take responsibility to the word, to be accountable to God's word. We got to take actions in our lives and spreading this glorious gospel of Jesus Christ, coming to the aid and the rescue of our brothers and sisters, 
in their time of need. Glory to God. I thank God for this this subject. Proclaim, proclaim, proclaim. Hallelujah. We're going to move to the ministry of giving. We're going to receive Elder Janice Brown, who's going to lead us in the ministry of giving uh, in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. And uh, Elder Hawkins, it is so good to hear your voice again. We truly miss you uh, the last um, couple of times that we've been online. So um, thank God. I prayerfully that you are much better and that you are totally healed. So tonight I'm going to do my my my, my uh, assignment, but I'm going to be a little quick here tonight because I have double trouble here that's um, not going to let me take too much time. So um, tonight um, my scripture is going to come from Luke 6, chapter 6, verse number 38. And the scripture reads, give, and it will be given to you, good measures, pressed down, shaken together, and running over will be put into your bosom, for with the same measures that you use it, it will be measured back to you. I I just want to say um, that I really love the scripture. I know that um, the scripture, exactly what it's talking about and what it is telling us, it is the time for us to come into the reality of giving and receiving. And then that means the moment you give, you are to get it into and get into an expectation to receive it back again. So in order for us to do this, we must adopt a, a spirit of, of being, um, having, having faith. We must have adopt a, a spirit of having faith and believing and trusting in God and knowing that if we open up our hands and we give, that God would turn around and give it back to us. So, and at that same time, we must understand that God is the source of everything that we own, every harvest, every seed that has been sown. It was all possible because he gave it to us. So, tonight, once again, I just ask everyone to just um, examine your hearts and um Proclaim, proclaim the word of God by giving, because that's exactly what we are doing. Uh, we are proclaiming the word of the of the Lord, and this also is part of His word, and it is also a um, one of His. I won't call it commandment, but instructions. It's an instruction to us as the way that we are supposed to live our life. We've got to be able to open up our hands and let go of what we've been given by him. All he wants is a tenth of it back. So tonight, I encourage everyone to give. And when you give, give cheerfully. Be happy about it. Be very happy. Because I'm telling you, if you give, God is going to give it back. But if you're going to give and you're going to be grudgingly and you don't want to give and you're going to regret giving and you feel like you don't have the money to give and you've been pushed to give, don't do it. Don't do it. Because God already knows our heart. And he said, if we freely give, he will freely give it back to us. Amen. 
So tonight, you can give by way of check. You can give by way of cash. You can give by way of um, cash app. And the uh, information for the cash app is dollar sign, T-H-E-W-O-L-M. You can give by way of Zelle. The Zelle information is word of life, ministry, G-A, at gmail.com. That's word of life, the word of life ministry, not the word of life ministry, Georgia, at gmail.com. And you can, um, if you, if, if you forget, uh, uh, if you can't remember, the information is on the back of the program. So I encourage everyone tonight to be a cheerful giver and just give, you know, whatever you can. And if you can give more, give. It's going to help keep the doors of the church, the kingdom of God operating and be uh, there, you know, to help feed the homeless and people that need something to eat. So that's it for me tonight. But And I thank God for this opportunity. I thank God for me to have an opportunity to be able to give. At this time, we're going to ask Minister Denise Glanton to come and bless the offering. Amen. Amen, everyone. Lord, we come before you once more and again for allowing us a day to celebrate life. <clears throat> we thank you for all the blessings that you have bestowed upon us and for the blessings that you have in store for us. We thank you for us being able to Give our tithes and offerings with gladness and sincerity, and may our tithes and offerings, offerings be acceptable in thy sight. For those who don't know, for those of us who don't know, teach us how to use our earnings wisely to do the things that we need to do within our household and outside of our household. Um. As you continue to bless Word of Life Ministry, our church, our pastors, everyone in their respective places, our members, family, friends, and visitors. As you continue to bless our cups so they can continue to run over for us to provide for our households and to be able to help someone else. As you to bless those that are able to give and as those who are not able to give. As you continue to have mercy on us all and continue to make a way out of no way. All these blessings we ask in your name. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. We thank God Almighty for uh, the willingness of heart to give the stewardship lesson by Elder Janice Brown, uh, such encouraging words and purpose with, with purpose in terms of, of giving and being obedient to God's commandment. We thank Minister Denise Glanton for such uh, awesome, heartfelt prayer. We thank God that we're still in worship and we're still on one accord. We thank God again for the word tonight. Thank you, Elder Lorraine Hopkins. Nobody can do it like the Lord uh, who restored you. Uh, with such strength, considering what you have gone through. And we thank God for it because uh, these light afflictions are not worthy to be compared to the glory that will be revealed to those who love him. And we know you love the Lord. Glory to God. 
We're going to ask our pastor, we're going to receive him, our senior pastor, Elder Dr. Shelley D. Boone II. Amen. Well, praise the Lord, everyone, and thank God for each and every one of you being on the line. Thank God for the word of God that has gone forth tonight. I just want to uh, say after all that we've heard, that's one thing that sticks out in my uh, mind right now, in my heart, in my spirit, is the fact that that uh, Elder Hopkins said that God is going to raise up somebody. And that, that just strikes me that he's raising us up. And if we don't uh, accept the call uh, to proclaim in deed and not just in words, God is going to get his glory, and he's going to raise up somebody because his word is not going to return to him void. And I just want to say that I had the privilege yesterday of, of spending quite a lot of time in the car with my grandson, Cameron, and we had several conversations. And I, I think uh, Elder Hopkins might have had a bug put in my car because uh, I was telling him uh, some of the things that we heard on tonight, especially uh, when he was asking me uh, about some of the people that were standing outside of the QT in my neighborhood, and I was had stopped and spoken to um, two of the guys, and um, because God sends you on missions uh, unannounced, and we can feel it, and we know when it's time to proclaim uh, the word of God in deed and not just in words. And uh, we had we had this conversation yesterday, and it's just a blessing to me tonight. Uh, thank God for the word that has gone forth. Uh, remember to be swift to hear, slow to speak, and slow to wrath. And we will continue to proclaim indeed, and not just in words. God bless each and every one of you. Uh, remember that at midnight tonight, we start our fast. If you take medication, please do so as prescribed by your doctor. We'll be opening up the food pantry at Word of Life Ministry, drive up food pantry at 10 o'clock in the morning. At 11 o'clock, we'll be back on this line for our hour of prayer. I need all the prayer warriors to be uh, on the line in the morning for we need prayer. And at 12 o'clock, we will uh, conclude our hour of prayer as well as our fast. And so make sure you come on the line at 11 o'clock in the morning and let's pray this thing out. In the name of the Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ, I want to say to our pastor, uh, Elder Dr. Jacqueline M. Boone, uh, you did a wonderful job expediting tonight. I loved hearing your voice. God bless you. May the Lord keep you. And we're going to ask our speaker for the evening uh, to come back and offer our benediction. Thank God for all of our guests, visitors, loved ones, friends, family, and word of life. In Jesus' name. Uh, we bring back Elder Lorraine Hopkins. Amen. Amen. Um, um, the Elder Brown and Sister Christian for stepping in and helping with the line in my absence. I want to um, thank um, Elder Chris for um, really keeping cross covered for me. 
Um, but most of all, I really want to say thank you to Mother Owens, who um, called me and checked on me and prayed over the phone with me um, and just, you know, was consistent. So I'm so grateful for each of you. I'm grateful for all of the prayers that were given to, um, given out for Cross and I because it was bad and it was it was scary. But thank God for um, thank God for just being God, you know, because um, the Bible says that the prayers of a righteous man availeth much, and I we had a lot of righteous people praying for us, and so we're grateful. And to my mom again for sending her sister up from Savannah, we are so appreciative. And um, with that being said, um, I'm going to go ahead and close us out. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Um, I pray that the Lord will bless and keep us until we meet again on the next time. May all things be well with you, with your home, and with your families. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.